0: Go check in with Doug Karsh, voice of Michigan football, also a radio talk show host on The Ticket in Detroit. He is standing by on the Meyer Guest Line. We'll get his thoughts on J.J. McCarthy, Michigan's win over Hawaii on Saturday night in a moment. Uh, But what's the vibe this morning when it comes to the Lions and that loss to the Eagles yesterday in Detroit? (laughs)
1: Um, So I was a little surprised, the listeners I didn't use the term same old Lions until late in the show. Um, <laughs> I think people have a, 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 a great deal of patience so far with Dan Campbell and Brad Holmes. Um, and so their expectations aren't unrealistic. I mean, this is a team, four teams in the NFC, they're expected to win more games at Vegas and Philly. And, you know, Detroit lost a good football game to a good opponent. Now, some people thought it was meaningless yards and meaningless points at the end, but I don't look at it that way. If, you, if you're if you not going to need an onside kick to win a game, then I think you're in it. And every time they were about to fall in it, when they get down 17, they answer. When they needed needed a stop early in the fourth, they got it. I think they kept themselves in the game, and had a chance to win it without a miracle onside kick, even though ironically they tried one earlier in the game. But um, and then just couldn't get the stop. I mean, could not get the stop on the last drive. Um, and so defensively, they still have some problems. Although I would argue that uh, you know their their biggest issue was Jalen Hurts going off script. Right? I mean, when he got flushed out of the pocket, he killed him. And. So we'll see how they go. I'm not ready to say they're going to be great. I'm not ready to say that the season's over. Um, There are signs of things to be concerned about and signs of things to be encouraged by. Only one offense in the NFL scored more points than the Lions, huge, and that was Kansas City. Philly scored more points, but it was contributed by the defense. So we'll see. We'll see what this
0: leads to. You know, where it is, the same old Lions, and we've seen this script before, Doug, and I know you've talked about it on air. You've been there at games. You've watched them with family and friends. That this team is notorious for digging a big hole early in games, halfway, third quarter, early fourth, and then whether it was Stafford or now golf, even golf last year, uh, they'll find a way to come back. They'll throw away the game plan and they'll freelance and the biggest question I have: If you have that ability to score, if you have that creativity somewhere in your offense, why aren't you doing that early in games?
1: Yeah, faster starts are key, man. Faster starts are key, and I, you know, with with this schedule, there are games in the immediate future that, if that happens again, it becomes. Then it starts to trickle down the same old Lions path. Uh, I'm gonna cut them a little bit of slack against a decent opponent, but um, but I hear you, man. I mean, if if we come back and are talking about the same thing next week against Washington, um, then then it's hard to say that they've broken any pattern that they've shown in the past. But I think I think Dan Campbell and Brad Holmes have emphasized the right things. Um, but it doesn't matter if you don't if you don't go out and execute on Sunday. So um, um my, the, I'm still patient with this group, but I might start to turn if they have a similar performance against
0: Washington. Well, I'm patient because I'm you know somewhere between that 7 and 10, 9 and 8 mantra, and that's you know winning every other game. That's being 500 right. close to it. With 17, you can't hit 500 on the number. But uh, Philly is, after watching all the NFL teams, I think Philly's a top-five team in the NFL uh, right now, if I was doing a week one power poll with one game left tonight with the Broncos and the Seahawks and, you know, you see Swift, you see the line, uh, even with V out, you, you I don't I didn't understand a couple of things that really bothered me. When you got the lead seven, nothing why your corners were playing 15 yards off of receivers and the onside kick when you have the home crowd, I get if you get it, it's bedlam. But there was a lot of time left in the game. There really was. And I I thought, hey, man, give your defense a chance, longer field, chance of, you know, uh, getting them into a punt situation. I I understand coaches wanting to, you know, have big footballs and go after it. But, man, you know, that time, you know, and and Hutchinson was close to four sacks, uh, and you have Hertz who is now arguably the best mobile quarterback in the league, this side of Lamar Jackson, maybe. I don't, I don't think that's a stretch. And uh, I just there, – there are little things that come into play with coaching, with execution, and decision-making that, man, that, that's been a similar mantra uh, from a year ago. But I will say, compared to what Philly did to Detroit a year ago, and you see this, I'm not a big morals victory type of guy or moral victory type of guy, Doug, but you know, I, I don't think the improvement bowl is going to you know satisfy Lions fans, so from last year to this year I, I see the improvement, but still that was a game they had a chance to win, they really did
1: So, the outside kick has become an interesting
0: flashpoint um,
1: I'm a believer if you don't have as much as talent as a guy on the other sideline a calculated risk makes sense a calculated risk to try and even the playing field. Okay, we're gonna steal a possession here. And if your defense hasn't created any turnovers and you know, that you don't think that's gonna happen, I can see what he was thinking. I don't have as much of an issue with it as you do, but you know, when it doesn't work, you put yourself in the crosshairs for the big boy criticism that he's getting. And it's that's fair. I mean it's fair game. Um, but I also endorse and I think that's why last year he, he was aggressive and um, and did things like onside kick and fake punt and uh, and go for it on some fourth and mediums, um, but but at some point you got to stop. At some point you got to get enough talent. When you got when you have as much talent as the other guy, or you have more talent than the other guy, you don't need that stuff. But when you have less than the other guy, I have no problem with the calculated risk. But I also have no problem with the criticism that comes with when it fails. You know, you got you got to hit on more of those than you miss. Otherwise, you're just flushing your chances to win down the toilet.
0: You know, speaking of uh, flushing things down the toilet, if if I'm Cade McNamara, uh, I'm thinking about uh, the big house after he leads Michigan to a win over Ohio State and the fans that wouldn't leave the field celebrating with him and the rest of the Wolverines and everybody in attendance, coaches, players, families, friends all out there. And here you are, night game against Hawaii, and you're getting booed.
1: Hmm. Yeah. Um, so, you know, I got a headset on during the game and couldn't, I didn't, you know, not being down on the field anymore. I didn't notice it during the game, during our broadcast. Um, and I heard it described as a smattering. Yeah. And that, that's, it, it, it undermines your team's, your team's chance at a successful season. You got a quarterback and, I, and I'm not arguing against what you know jim harbaugh seems to have done which it appears that he has settled on on jj moving forward you know you don't have to be a football guru to see why um but you have a mobile quarterback now back there and you know what, what happens with a mobile quarterback yeah they make plays with their feet but they also can take more hits if they're running the ball more when you take more hits you very well might get injured and booing the guy that that was part of a big 10 championship team last year that was part of the team that beat Ohio state that made some big throws in hostile environments, I think undermines your team's chance at long-term success because that guy very quickly could be right back under center, being the guy that Michigan fans need to make plays. And I've always been a proponent of fans being able to do what they want, spending their hard earned disposable income on tickets but that seems like a very counterproductive move to me, and I again hope that the description I heard was accurate as a smattering, um, because I to me that is just it doesn't make a lot of sense. Huge doesn't make a lot of sense.
0: No, it was a smattering. It wasn't you know like uh, the entire big house turned on him. I, I just it, you can see it bothers Cade. You can see his body language when they went uh, to the locker room at halftime. You could. See it in his body language in game one. You can see him and J.J. There's no uh, little conversation on the sidelines. Again, you're there. I'm looking at what TV uh, has given me the first two games. It's meritocracy. It's the next man up. Uh, You've seen a lot of decisions in sports where coaches have been sent packing and they just won a divisional title, but uh, the owner wants a championship. And J.J. McCarthy gives them a chance to beat the Alabamas and the Georgias, something that Cade McNamara doesn't bring to the table, and it is nothing personal against Cade. I've said this all along, that they have a better chance to beat the big boys with J.J. than they do with Cade. Strictly business.
1: So, two two things here. One is, one of Cade's, I think Cade's strengths is, I think he is physically and mentally tough as nails. So, again, putting him in this situation, this situation, that you know we're seeing now, it's really going to challenge that that mental toughness because, you know, last year uh, I thought he showed under really stressful circumstances on the road at Penn State, um, and and you know against Ohio State even and uh, some real mental toughness and uh, and I think they make it tough on their quarterbacks so that that, that games are easier. Um, and uh, I, the one thing I'll say about JJ that we need to be a little bit careful of is one thing that Cade did very well is process information. When better teams are throwing exotic blitz packages at him, he was still able to execute and get the football to the right person. J.J. hasn't had to see that in an extended period yet. Certainly not this year. And last year he got into games for snippets here and there. Uh, J.J. has to show that – because I'll give you an example, Iowa. Everybody's making fun of Iowa because Iowa's offense is is obviously putrid, but defensively, that team's going to challenge JJ over the course of sixty minutes in a way he hasn't been challenged yet, and it's up to him to respond. And the physical skills are there, but pre-snap reads and you know, again, quickly processing what a defense is throwing at him are going to be the challenges that he has yet to face that'll get him now if he can then it's you know the ceilings ceilings the roof huge as michael jordan once said but um you know that that is a that's going to be a hurdle for him to clear still
0: yeah it'll be interesting uh, you know the wins like you said at penn state uh wisconsin at nebraska for what it's worth uh at least k could say he played against a scott frost coached uh, nebraska team uh you know <laughs> He has that, uh, and you're right, he's one play away or maybe even a a bad game away. A bad half away by J.J. in a big game, let's say against Maryland coming up, where the offense is struggling and Harbaugh has to turn to Cade, right?
1: Well, I mean, look, there's... (laughs) This should be, in theory, an ideal quarterback situation, right? You got two guys you feel comfortable you can win with. This is depth. Now, in this day and age... It's really hard to have two guys with the same eligibility, um, you know, with uh, with depth, you know, be, be that depth. So it might not be a long-term thing, but, yeah, for the purposes of this season, you, you, I think Jim Harbaugh, one of his challenges now is, all right, you feel like you've got your quarterback. Now turn your attention to building up the backup and his confidence and his worth to this team because that kid could be needed quickly. So this staff needs to, I think, turn their attention to Cade and, and keep him ready because for all the reasons you've stated, one play away, one play away. And if J.J. gets hurt at any point, I don't think the expectation for this season should change. I still think they should be trying to win a Big Ten championship.
0: I agree. Uh, and J.J., though, does – he has it. Uh, he he looks like a future NFL quarterback. I mean, he he has a little Brady feel to him, and I'm not anointing him the next Brady. I, I'm talking Brady while at Michigan uh, feel to him, and we'll see. You know, there's big games on that schedule, and all of a sudden, the comparison to Cade McNamara, this could do the full circle. Wait a minute. Cade beat Penn State on the road. Cade beat Ohio yeah. State while well, that was at home. Cade beat Iowa in the Big Ten championship game. So you know how fans work. It'll be one week uh, to the next. Just ask uh, uh, you and Gator and what you talk about uh, every day.
1: You know, I was talking to Matt Weiss, the quarterback coach, a couple of weeks ago about that room, and he said, look, these guys get long. The, the quarterbacks went to Toronto together as a group this offseason. And when they did that tour of Michigan, that state tour, every chance they got when they had free time, Cade and JJ were out playing golf together. And then JJ said this week that, you know, he, he used the word blessing to describe his time with Cade and how they kind of laugh about it. It seems like people are trying to drive a wedge in between them. When they just are working to better to be the best that they can be, so you know I. I, It sounds the talk is that the kids have a healthy approach to it now. Is that reality? All I have to go on is what they're saying, but you know maybe they can make it work at least for this year.
0: It'll be interesting, you know. But Harbaugh I think is comfortable because he has the best quarterback depth you may argue in the country. Uh, right now. At any of the Power 5 schools, nobody has the luxury of having a guy that just won your conference championship game, took you to the Final Four, and he now is the backup. But you've seen things at the big schools, and guys will jump each other, and it's how it works, man. Your hardball, your bar now is winning. You won the Big Ten. Well, winning at Ohio State is on that list. And now how do you – win an opening playoff game and get to a championship game? How do you win a natty? Now that's the bar now set by Michigan from last year.
1: Yep. You're 100% correct. I think, like, the Michigan-Ohio State thing, you know, they, the win last year did Michigan football obviously a ton of good, but I think would you really show that things have changed is if you went two in a row. And, and I think Ryan Day holding serve at home doesn't mean it's back to Ohio State uh, dominating the series, it's if Ryan Day comes to Ann Arbor next year and wins again. I think the two-in-a-row thing in this series becomes a big deal. And it'd be amazing the difference in tenor if Harbaugh takes a team down to Columbus and wins. Suddenly, how does Columbus feel about Ryan Day? Um, so, I hear you. That, that's a huge box for them to check. I mean, a long way to go to get there, right? And I think one of the big goals is to get there with a chance to win the East. Um, which they accomplished last year, even with the loss to Michigan State. So, um, can they get themselves back in that hunt? You know, and and if Harbaugh does, then yeah, winning a, winning a semifinal game and getting to a national championship. And um, but you also mentioned Kelly Bryant losing his do- job to Trevor Lawrence, and uh, what about uh, Tua and Jalen? So. These are good problems that some pretty good programs
0: have had. And, by the way, it worked out for two and Jalen, especially if you look at their performances yesterday for the Dolphins and the Eagles. Doug Karsh, he is the voice of Michigan football. Wolverines take on mighty UConn in the, hey, the DraftKings Sports app has given 50 points uh, two weeks in a row. Uh, (laughs) We'll see. I can't wait for them to get to Maryland and finally get a – Quality team, Doug. Uh, great work so far. Uh, your debut year. Appreciate your time. Uh, tell Gator and the crew I said hello. I will. Huge. Thank you. All right, Doug Cars joining us on the Meyer guest line. And Meyer proud to be longtime partners with the University of Michigan athletics.